This is episode number 274. What have been the major transitions in your life with Trevor Houston? Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming conversation this Friday, which is part of our weekly series called Survive to Thrive, Live the Story You Create. What this is, is a series of conversations that take place every single Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time, hosted through LinkedIn Live and Facebook Live, where we explore the connection between one's inner narrative and the topics of appreciation, resilience, grief, and many other topics. If this is of interest to you, please consider joining us through either the platforms, LinkedIn Live or Facebook Live, where you'll be able to ask questions and share your insights as it relates to each and every single one of the topics that we choose to explore. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show, and that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life or has helped you see your world through a different lens, please consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Trevor, welcome to the show. Hey, appreciate you having me. Thank you. Of course. No, thank you for being a part of it. And I also going to thank Lena Stutz for introducing the two of us. I don't know how the two of you know each other, and maybe you can share a little bit of a background story between how the two of you connected. But I know that when her and I connected, it was, I mean, instantaneous. It was as if we knew each other for so many years leading up to that moment. It kind of felt strange almost sitting next to that person. It's like, did I know you for the past 20 or 30 years? (laughs) And just somehow did not cross paths until today. Lena Stutes. So shout out to you if you're listening to this. Um, Yeah, she's just awesome. She's one of those people that we were able to transform. Okay. Uh, I have a lot of people come through my programs and not a lot of people take action. Right. And it's not because of the material or anything like that. It's just because of human nature. Um, What we teach can oftentimes be very, very scary. It, it pushes you outside of your comfort zone. So I'm literally pushing on people a little bit to get them to that transformational stage. And I, and I got to see Lena Stutes literally transform right in front of my eyes. And it, it's so cool when that happens. It's like they go from being a caterpillar to a butterfly and you get to see it. And but 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 this is a human. Right. And she's just doing so well. And I'm just so proud of her. And um, it's because she took action and applied the principles that we we teach. And it's just awesome to, to watch that happen. So I'm super proud of her. Lena, if you're if you're listening, I'm proud of you. I love you. And uh, thanks for the introduction. Of course. Why do you think people are 
I don't know if afraid is the right word, but why do you think many people fear to take action in life? You know, I think that people are afraid of, of failure and people are also afraid of the views and opinions of others. They're, they're afraid of what is someone else going to think about me if they see me transform, right? They're actually truly afraid of um, success as well. A lot of times, you know, it's like, if I become this different person, what are my parents going to think? What are my, what are my, you know, colleagues going to think, you know, how are they going to view me? And, and you're so worried about the opinions of other people that it prevents you from getting out of your own way. We got to get out of our own way to, to, to grow. And, um, you know, you know, we teach, um, the job seeker audience on how to put themselves out there to get noticed. And, um, I remember one time I saw a guy, uh, I saw this video of a guy that he was on the side, uh, of the, like the side of the highway and he had a sign and he was like, I will work and like, you know, hire me and this and that and the other. And the guy got hired from it because he was willing to put himself out there and get noticed. And I'm not telling job seekers to do that, but this guy was willing to do that, you know, to, to put himself out there, to put, to put those views and opinions of others aside and do what it took to get back to work and get back to his cash flow. And it worked for that guy, you know, it may not work for everybody, but mm -hmm. um, he was willing to step out of his comfort zone and it transformed his life. So um, yeah, I think to answer your question, it's, it's always rooted in somebody else's opinion of you that prevents you from taking action and doing what it actually takes to, to get noticed. Mm -hmm. You know, I've come across similar stories myself. I think one story in particular, I remember I was in Austin, Texas. I was living there for the five years prior to staying a, a month and a half here with my parents. And I remember driving by one of the highways and there was a, a person who appeared to be homeless. And one of the things he was doing is he was literally passing out resumes. Mm -hmm. I don't know where he printed the copies, but he, he just took action and it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the most creative and well to put together resume that I've seen, but at the same time, any action at that point <sighs> is better than no action. And it's so anything, brilliant. It's like so the work, brilliant. The work ethic that he put <laughs> together to even take the effort to print something on paper yeah. that people can read and can see through his efforts of passing them on the street. It's I, brilliant. To me, I mean, that would you be think enough. about that. Like you think about that. You're the guy driving down the side of the road and you think this is a homeless guy. And then all of a sudden, wait, you go, wait a minute. Hold on. This guy's not homeless. Like he, maybe he's got a sign or something that can, can help you to understand that he's not homeless. He's actually trying. And you go, wow. You know, here on one end, you got somebody who you don't know. You may be giving them money homeless guy, maybe you don't know what they're going to do with the money. You just hope and pray that they do the right thing. Right. And then you got another guy over here who's, you know, not asking for money. He's asking for opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's out there handing out his resume networking. And it's so brilliant. You immediately want to help that guy. Like immediately you're like, Oh, skirt. you want to pull over grab his resume, like, and figure out who's in your network that you can connect him with. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> so smart.
What made you want to create opportunities in life for others? Who inspired that initially? Someone in your family, some person that you met along the way? Like what, what makes you want to do what you're doing today? Wow, that's such a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before. Um, I think it comes from my past. Uh, I got a second chance at life mm-hmm. and had a big transition that happened when I was young, when I was about 16 years old. And got a second chance at life and was given opportunity. And I took on to that opportunity and I, I, you know, I took the ball and I ran with it. And um, because on the other side, it was hopelessness, right? It was, it was not a great situation. Um, and I don't know that I would have made it out had somebody else not given me some opportunity. You know, uh, there's a lot of my friends that didn't make it out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think I, I just I'm so inspired by just giving people opportunity or figuring out how to how to connect those dots. I might not be the one to, to, to open the door, but if I can connect you to the person who can open the door, then essentially I did open the door. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what I'm all about. It's about connecting dots and getting people where they need to go. What was that second chance? So when I was growing up, um, my family situation wasn't that great. My parents divorced at an early age. And and so my mom, uh, I stayed with my mom. I lived with her for a while. Um, She was disabled and she got in a car accident, became disabled, couldn't work. So we were kind of growing up in poverty because we didn't have money. And so we were on all the government programs. We had, uh, you know, welfare and food stamps and free lunch at school and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we were on all the programs. She had disability check and all that. And uh, but that wasn't enough money. I mean, all those, you know, government programs weren't enough to pay the bills, pay the mortgage, stay in the house. So we had roommates and these roommates, when I say roommates, I don't mean like people that you would think to, to rent a, rent a room in your house and you like vet them and you like, no, 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 no. There was none of that. This was like any kind of like person, uh, that could, that could pay a little bit towards that rent could say, so we had all kinds of walks of life. Okay. I mean, every ethnicity, every background, every color, uh, straight, gay, all of it all of it. I mean, we had every, everything at, at, you know, as I was growing up and all these different people were like, um, my male role models. Cause I didn't have my father in my life at that time. And so there was a lot of thug life going on. Uh, I was breaking laws. I was breaking the rules. I was getting away with murder. I was doing crazy stuff, uh, in and out of jail, um, as a juvenile and just really just really messing up and was forced to move to my father's house. Um, cause I got in the system, was on probation, all this kind of stuff and it's breaking laws. And, uh, then I was forced to move with my father and my father was the one that really gave me opportunity, showed me how to work hard, showed me how to be a man, taught me how to save, you know, he's an entrepreneur, I became a business owner, you know, like all these things I learned from him. And 
he gave me opportunity where there weren't, well, there was none. I mean, I started to save, I bought a car, you know what I mean? Like all these different things happened at that point that really put me in a position to win today. So I owe a lot of that to not only my earthly father, but my heaven, heavenly father who helped me to get out of that situation to help me transition. You know, it reminds me of a movie. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Concrete Cowboy. Have I haven't seen it. It's this movie where, a uh, similar story, I think the um, the son gets in a lot of trouble and, and mom has a hard time kind of keeping him intact and helping him progress. And so she, she sends him off to his dad, who literally is a cowboy in mm. North Philadelphia, I think. And I, I want to say it's still a thing where they um, – have like a ranch and they you know take care of horses and things like that and similar story that he goes there at first he rebels he wants nothing to do with him and then he that was me he kind of gives in and after a while becomes this person but for me it's fascinating to look at stories like that because a it shows that transformation is possible The tricky part, I think, about transformation is that, in my opinion, at least, there's so many different factors that contribute towards it. And what I've learned after living in the U.S. for however many years is that I think there is sometimes a tendency to find that one formula that works for everyone, find that success equation, when mm-hmm. the reality of the matter is every single equation is different. For you, it might require X, Y, Z skills. For, my, for me, it might be A, B, C. And I think that was a big thing that I started to realize in my own life, kind of going back to the beginning of, a car, of our conversation, is the importance of defining what does it mean to be successful for me? What does failure look like for me? How do I look at my past through X, Y, and Z lens? And what do I choose to take away from it? And when you were sharing your story, it really got me curious as far as having had the past that you have, how do you look at it today? How do you even use your past today? Yeah, my past is um, what fuels me. You know, I I know psychologically, if we wanted to get into the psychology and all that, I mean, there's a lot of triggers in my past, a lot of triggers, but those triggers fuel me, right? Like, um, I'll, I'll give you some examples on some of these triggers, uh, cleanliness, Like, <laughs> like my house was a mess, man. It was just filthy. My, my mom was a pack rat. Okay. We just had stuff pile up stuff upon stuff upon stuff. And I had the one clean room in the whole house and it was like, and, and now my house, I'm like, if, if there's a fingerprint on something, I'm like, uh, <laughs> like I have triggers. I got these like triggers, you know? Um, but also when it comes to like what you were talking about with success, you know, For me, I want freedom. I want financial freedom. Okay. I think everybody deserves to have that. Not everyone will get it, um, but everybody deserves to have financial freedom. And financial freedom, really, simply put, is just having the opportunity to, to do what you love, to work, not to work, right? To, to not have to worry financially, you know? And so that's what I want because I saw extreme poverty. I mean, there were times we had no lights, no water. Um, I mean, I remember drinking, this is crazy. I'm gonna give you a story. I remember drinking forties. Okay. <laughs> 40 ounce beer, you know, 
drinking 40s with my mom under candlelight, right? It's awesome. I mean, I got some great memories. Those are great memories, but they're just like, you know, I shouldn't have been doing that at like mm, 13 years old, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? But those those memories and all of that past shaped me because I see it and I'm going, okay, that's not what I want. I remember stealing water from the neighbors so that I could flush the toilet, you know, literally cooking under one of those propane tanks, right? We had the propane tank as a heater, right? Things like that. It was rough. And then we were, we moved a lot. We had uh, in and out, shoot, we got like evicted out of the house i don't know how she kept getting it back to be honest with you we would it was like we'd lose the house and then had go come back to the house lose the house come <laughs> back we had black mold i remember them stripping and gutting the entire house and throwing everything out in the front yard and throwing it all in one of those like bins because if, if it's got black mold it's contaminated so i'm like all my stuff my toys my things my belongings is just getting like you know big big pile in the front yard it was just nuts. We had a lot of crazy stuff going on. And then we had a lot of crazy people in and out of that house. And again, so how does that shape me now? I like structure. I like process. I need guardrails. I can't have all that chaos. I go to sleep early. Why? Because there are people who are up all night long doing crazy stuff. Like I, it's like, I'm, a lot of the things I, I want the opposite <laughs> of that lifestyle. Right. And so, yeah, it, psych psychologically it's, there's a lot of triggers in there for me um, that I'm still working through. Cause I think there's, there also has to be balance, you know, mm -hmm. who do you think instilled that within you after you were able to get through many of those early childhood experiences? Is there one person in particular, like I'll give you an example for me, the story that I share with people is that I was adopted at the age of 12. So came here from Russia, I didn't speak English, I didn't know anything. And my my sixth grade teacher changed my life, because he stayed with me before class after class, just helping me catch up. And however many years later, I look back at his presence. And it, if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would be the person that I am today. Looking back at your life, who was that person or who was that group of people that really helped shape you who you are today? Yes, yeah, that started, it was my father, right? Like my father took me under his wing uh, when, when I was crazy and, and acting a fool and I didn't like him or want him in the picture, right? And I think back about it now and I'm like, how foolish, right? You know, like kids are foolish. Uh, <laughs> I was foolish and um, I didn't want him. Why? Because as, as 16 years old, you don't want structure. You don't want, you know, like you want to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way it was with my dad. So I'm so grateful for that. Right. I, I needed boundaries. I needed structure. So my father and then I moved and uh, transitioned into, um, you know, I went from Harley Davidson. I started selling Harleys. And then I went from Harley Davidson into the auto industry. And there was a gentleman there, Cal Fami, And he is, uh, he was my sales director. And that guy was like a drill sergeant. 
um <laughs> yeah he he was like a drill sergeant and he would talk to you like a drill sergeant too right like and not everybody could work for him because of the way he would come down on people and uh yeah but i like at me at 22 um for whatever reason it worked really well with me um now we would still clash at times because i'm like you know but i just would do what he said you know um i think that's probably why they recruit in the military they recruit 18 year olds right because they'll just do they'll just mold you get a little bit older and you're like oh who are you talking to like that right <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me that way but uh it worked for me i was 22 the guy was like told me what to do how to run the play how to do this and how to do that and i would go execute and i became the top producer there you know every year six years in a row and i was making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year at 22 years old and that changed my life right to be able to come into some money right like here i went from selling harleys and making like thirty six thousand dollars to that transition and immediately my making a hundred and then 150,000. Like I was making a lot of money at my age. That guy changed my life because he was hard on me. So shout out to him. He's a good, good guy. Love, love him to death. Even though his, uh, his methods aren't always well received. <laughs> Do you still keep in touch with him? No, I need to reach out to him. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I left the auto industry six years ago and we talked a little bit right, right when I first transitioned, but it's been a little while. I, I, I do need to reach out to him because uh, I think, I think he would want to know the impact that he had. I know I would want to know the impact that I've had on someone else. It's always good when I, when somebody tells me, Hey, you changed my life. I'm like, Oh man, that, you know, that makes me feel good. So I do need to reach out to him and, and kind of let him know that. <laughs> What's your relationship like with your parents? Um, with my father's great. With my mother, I love her to death. Um, but it's not that great. We don't communicate that well. Um, you know, just one of those things that um, she never really, never really changed, you know. Um, she's still the same person and I love her. She's, she just, for her, it was, she just wanted to give us whatever we wanted. Like that was her way of making us happy. So I know, I know, cause I see it now with, with grandkids and stuff like that. Like I see it. She just will do anything to make them happy, give them whatever they want. And I, and I see that and I'm like, no, that's not the way you, you parent. That's not the way you, you know. That's being their friend, not being a parent, right? And so that, you know, drives me crazy. That's like nails on a chalkboard for me when I see that because I'm like, oh, it's another one of those triggers. I'm like, mm -mm. discipline, <laughs> discipline. But I've also had to learn in that because with my two kids, like I want to be like hard discipline. Like, yeah, this is what you need because it worked for me. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also having to learn that that's not what they need. Not, not always, right? Mm -hmm. There's a time and a place. And then there's mm -hmm. also a time and a place for grace. Okay. For grace. Because God had grace on me. Mm -hmm. I didn't deserve it. And he removed me from the situation that I was in. 
right? And my father had, my, my earthly father had grace on me because he could have, it could have been a war and it mm -hmm. wasn't, you know? And so there's a balance between like hard, strict discipline and grace. And I think, you know, when you, when you're parenting, if, if your kids know, like, don't mess with dad, mm -hmm. you know, like, don't, you know, you don't want to mess up. Ooh, you don't want to mess around. And then they mess up, they slip up and you give them that look and they know and they're like, oh man, I messed up. And then you give them a little grace that goes so far. And I think about it. My dad did that a lot too. He gave me some grace, you know, when I needed it. And then when there are other times when I needed, you know, the other side of grace, <laughs> the flip side. That was a big thing that I was very fortunate to learn within my own journey to this point is the fact that everyone's going to live their own life and everyone's going to live their own version of it. And I know that for me, for so many different chapters of my life, I was desperately trying to fix people according to my way, according to the way that I thought was the right way. And then I just realized that it just, I, it, it was really an impossible mission that I was embarking on because not everyone wants what I want and that's okay. That was a big thing that I had to learn within my own journey. And it's, it's interesting that you even bring that up within yours of wanting to change certain people, mold them into a certain thing or help them see what you were able to see. I was doing the same exact thing for so many years. And then I kind of let go of that. I, I can't say I'm a hundred percent complete there. I don't think I'm ever complete in anything in life. I think it's always a work in progress, but that was a big thing when I started to let go of the desire to control, the desire to control my existence, the desire to control someone else's existence and just let them be. I mean, if the relationship is not exactly as instant family or some of these other films portray, that's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, but I will say, though, too, on that, like, I have a desire to speak life into people because I see broken people all over the place. And I speak life in them and I, and I, and I show them ways that they can transform. Now, you're right. You don't have control over whether they do it or not. And that's something that I recognize. It's like, hey, I'm going to give you the roadmap but it's up to you to take the steps. Like you're going to have to take the steps. I can't do that for you. Right. But I'll be there every step of the way. Like if you need me as you're, as you're, you take that step and I'm there with you because you may, you may trip and I'm going to be there to lift you up, but you're going to have to take those steps. I can't take them for you. Right. But you're right. I don't have the control over over what where they go and, and if they take the action but i tell you what i needed someone to recognize gifts in me right like my sales director did like he saw it in me like he saw the gift in me and he leaned into that gift i needed it i needed somebody to bring that out of me to lean on me to put it on my shoulders I needed that. And 
I think there's a lot of people out there that need that. They need someone to look them in the eyes, recognize their gift and say, hey, you know what? You have a gift. This is your gift. This is your calling. This is your destiny. This is what you need to do, right? And to pull it out of them, to activate it. A lot of times we've got gifts that are lying dormant within us. They just haven't been activated yet, right? They're in there. We don't even know we have them. Like I, I'm still discovering a lot of my gifts. They've always been there. I just didn't know they were there. And I'm now starting to develop them and activate them and spend more time on them. And it's just, um, I'll give you an example. I, I remember I, I had an interview with uh, Emmett Smith and he was talking about um, how the coach uh, told him, we're putting this team on your shoulders. We're putting this team on your back. Like you are, you're going to have to carry us. You are going to have to carry us. Like, and he said that the coach brought it out of him, brought that beast mode out of him that nor, wouldn't have been there if he hadn't have activated it. He said, I, I am putting the team on your shoulders. You are literally going to have to carry this team. And he did literally carried that team to the Super Bowl a few times, just a few. A lot of people were like that too. I was, I always think of Barry Sanders, what he had to do. I mean, th that wasn't the greatest Lions team. I've, I, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. So I, I've had right. my, uh, my fair share of uh, disappointments over the years, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's one of them. It, it's just, it's fascinating to see people like that. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that I think sometimes there are situations where someone, however they say it or when they say it, something just makes sense and mm -hmm. clicks. Yep. And then you start to explore it on your own. I started to explore gifts on my own. What I've also found fascinating as part of that journey is that everybody could be of purpose when it comes to that. I've had some of the most quote unquote random conversations and yet they happen to be the most profound things that I had heard in that moment. People I didn't know that would just say whatever the, whatever their observations were. And then afterwards I'm thinking about it and telling myself, there's a lot of truth between what they just said. And they have no idea who I am. They just mm. met me in the first five or 10 minutes of a meeting or a networking event, whatever it was. So I, I do agree with you. I think there is. That's a God thing there's probably a lot of power within that just meeting people. And I get curious sometimes as far as how that happens. I, I don't know. I, I think, well, you have to think about it. There are certain people where their gift, okay. Their gift is recognizing other people's gifts and activating them, right? That's their gift. They can look at you and they can see it. They can see what you can't see. Like sometimes what's that, what's that saying? Uh, too close to the trees to see the forest. Yeah. yeah. You ever heard that saying, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're too close. You can't see it. You can't see what other people see. Right. And some people that's their gift is they're able to recognize it and they're able to look at you and say, wow, look how amazing you are. Like, look how, look how massive you are, the, the potential that you have. 
right? And where we are our own worst critics, in our mind, we're like, oh, I'm worthless. I'm nothing. I'm not, I'm just, no, I'm just Trevor. I'm just this guy. Other people go, no, 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 no. This, this guy is a, is a ball of energy or whatever, you know, like they look at your, the gifts and your, the potential and they can see it. But a lot of times we can't see our own gifts. Right. So that's why I think it's real important that you have mentors, that you have people that you ask, ask, ask them, like ask people. I had somebody today, uh, shout out Amelia Antonetti. Uh, she just, she was speaking life into me today. And she, she said, I envision you as like the new Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> She's like, you just make everyone so comfortable and happy and like this and that. And like, I see you as a host of this and that and the other. And like, she was just speaking. And I'm like, wow. And this is somebody who's done it all she's um created six uh hundred million dollar businesses six of them like and she's got another one on the right way she's she does it all she's like a massive person she's looking at me he's telling me i see you as like the ryan seacrest of this that and the other and she's speaking life into me i'm like oh you know wow you know and i'm literally then i'm like yeah I kind of am like that, right? Like, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You know, like, you start feeling good, right? But you need people like that in your life. You need people like that. So get a mentor, get somebody who can get close to you. And, and also, she'll tell you where you're messing up, too. Shout out to her for that. She'll tell you, like, mm -hmm, this, is, this is where you're messing up. So you need people, need coaches, you need someone iron sharpens iron you need somebody who can tell you the truth yeah people need you know? people mm -hmm. trevor how can people connect with you and what do you have coming up as part of the work and everything that you guys are doing that people can be a part of yeah absolutely well um thank you for asking you know connect with me on linkedin that's kind of my jam i like to hang out over there and uh, my audience and the people that i serve are job seekers right and so that's one of the things I love to do is to look inside and, and speak life into, into these job seekers and get them to take action, to get themselves noticed. Um, now I'm not a career coach. That's not what I do. I'm not a career coach. Okay. Um, I'm actually in the financial services uh, space and, but I love, I just love, you know, getting job seekers out of their own way, getting them out of their comfort zone so that they can get notice in today's market. We've got 10 million people unemployed in America right now, 10 million. That's twice, twice the, the low, the, the all-time low it was before the pandemic. Before the pandemic, we were at our all-time low, it was 5 million. We're at 10 million right now, it's insane. 10 million people are out of work, they're feeling lonely, they're feeling depressed, they're feeling hopeless, they're running out of money, it's just, people are really, really, really hurting. And so I just love being able to transform those folks. That that's my mission, right? I got to get them off the ground. I got to get them off, off the bottom and, and help them realize how awesome they are and get them back to their cash flow, right? They got to get that cash flow back. Cause I'm going to tell you something right now, when you're sitting here and you're worried and you're, you're panicking about money and finances, look, it's, it's hard to do a whole lot, you know? The worry and the financial stress will kill people, literally. 
literally people we've lost job seekers, you know, from them taking their own life. And why is that? It's because of the money. It's the financial stress that comes along with it, you know, and people feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my house and my kids are going to be living without this and that. And they just can't take it. They can't take that financial stress and they break, you know, and I just never want to see anybody go through that. And that's why I do what I do. I'm like I said, I'm in the financial world. So we also help job seekers financially. There's a lot of things that we can do to help. But anyway, so we've got a lot of cool things coming up. I've got uh, a summit that I teach uh, every Wednesday. And right now that's online, but we are actually working, um, orchestrating, putting something together, just going to be unlike anything that's out there. Um, it's going to be an in-person event that's really going to lift these job seekers off the ground and speak life into them. I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in some heavy hitters, all my motivational speakers that I'm, I'm hanging out with in clubhouse. I got a bunch of bunch of friends i'm part of this group called breakfast with champions and uh, there's a bunch of world changers in there and so we're going to come together and speak life into these folks and get them off the ground and, and get them back to their cash flow so i can't wait for that that's going to be coming in october but just connect with me on linkedin and uh we can take it from there Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time.